Welcome to the Restoration Club podcast, a unique platform that combines faith and golf to share stories of individuals in the golf community. We're your hosts, Danny Christensen and Ryan Gramatico. This podcast delves deeper into the lives of our guests to bring a message of hope, inspiration, and faith. And welcome to the Restoration Club podcast. This is uh, episode number three. We're super excited for having you join us. And speaking of joining us tonight, we have none other than Dave Bazden himself. We're super excited to have you tonight, <laughs> Dave. And we're excited about what the story and the conversation is going to be. Awesome. Yeah, Dave, we really appreciate uh, the time, man. I know you and I go back a ways, but excited just to hear your story, give you a chance to, to tell it. You obviously being a co-founder of Restoration Club, definitely want to set the stage there, but I had to slide into the DMs myself to figure out the first time I even reached out to you. It was funny. I, I was scrolling back <laughs> through. It took me a while because there's been quite a few, but we're, we're going back five plus years at this point. So time, time flies. So it's crazy to be sitting here, man, telling this story and, and just getting the opportunity to, to send it out to, to more listeners. But take us back, man. I know, you know, people know you vocationally probably as a, an artist, but I know there's makings of, of a career even before that. So take us back to the beginning. Yeah, first, uh, thank you guys for having me on. This is this is awesome. Love that you guys have uh, taken this by the reins and and love the first two episodes. So excited to be be part of it. Yeah, it's crazy. Five and a half years. That's like that's nuts. Yeah, things looked a little different five and a half years ago. That's for sure. I think for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I think you. Yeah, you reached out about a, a uh, painting I had done. You said, yeah, you said let's just go get coffee, and, and that was the start of a friendship that. Yeah, for me, it's such a blessing to to know to know you and to see what God is doing through you. And it's just really cool to see where God has taken me in the last five and a half years, but also the people he's brought into my circle, which, yeah, five and a half years ago, I was working for an engineering firm. My circle was like the eight people in my office. You know, I'd look around and that was it. And they were great people. And that's why I worked there because they were they were really good people. But I was there for I worked for that company for almost 20 years. It was an engineering firm. Yeah, that was that was a different a different time for sure. So, but yeah, when I met you, I had probably just started some painting, small paintings, and was doing some graphics stuff on the side. Which the piece you you reached out about was of the U.S. Capitol, and it was for a friend who asked me to do a bunch of those, and I had done some graphics work for him. So it was it was still a little project. Things have kind of ramped up from there. So it's pretty exciting to think how how that started even funny because I had to go back and double check to see what, what the first thing I said to Dave Bazden was to set the table. And it's funny that we met over a painting that you you painted of the, the U.S. Capitol building, because I think the first thing I said was, oh, a guy serving the Lord that loves golf, because that's what I could see from your presence online. So obviously there was some passion points already connected there. So it's even sure. funnier to me now to think that I reached out not about golf, not about yeah. our faith, um, even though I was reaching out about that, knowing that was your background too. But the fact that you know, I wanted to meet up with you because you said you had created all these paintings of the U.S. Capitol building. And I said, I'll take one of those. Um, and for those that don't know, Ryan, you may not even know this. You know, I'm, I'm from the D.C. area, but I actually uh, m m the first night I met my wife, we hung out in front of the U.S. Capitol building. That's actually where I proposed. So there was a, a nice little backstory there of why I wanted that that painting from Dave. But awesome. I knew he was talent talented from day one, which everybody else can see now. I appreciate that. I think that's the cool the cool part is of what I get to do. I think it's probably the most surprising part of what I do. And it goes back to uh, situations like that, where I get to be a part of a, of a story, right? Like you're like, that gift is more than a, a painting. It's now it's a connection. And then I, I get to, I'm inserted into that, which is 
in some situations, uh, you know, a, just a complete honor, which in that that situation, for sure, like to have captured a place that meant so much to you and your wife is pretty special. And God's God's given a number of those stories over the last six years, which is a huge, a huge blessing to me and hopefully to the people that are getting those. Hopefully they like them. One of those did end up on eBay, I told you. So nice. <laughs> Mine's that, not on there. It was not mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- Dave, but I had a buddy buy it, and he was like, I had to get it. He said, I saw it on eBay, and I had to get it, which was great. That's so, awesome. I love that he grabbed it. That's and cool. he gave it to somebody else, which was even even cooler. So thanks, Miles. <laughs> how, how did you go from two decades in the engineering world like that and like how do you make that shift i mean i know it's a longer story there's much more to it but maybe give us that peel back the six months prior or a year prior whatever it is in that relevant time that would say hey how you made that leap yeah i i mean you say i made that leap and I, like i really didn't <laughs> like i really think and i'll kind of walk you through what 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 happened and why I'm why I, I say that, but yeah, I worked for that company for yeah close to two decades, and it really was great. There were great people in that job. That company got bought out maybe after like year twelve or something like that. I'd worked with it felt like a family, and so I did things that I enjoyed and some things that you know I was like, well, this is my job, so I, I I do my job. You don't you don't enjoy it every day. But there were days where I got to do something creative and they let me do a lot in that job where I learned how to how to kind of help engineers be more creative and kind of visualize their projects. And those days were super fun and, and challenging and it kind of pushed my creativity there, I think. And then after after we got bought out, I went through this period of you just have to you have to do what we tell you to do. Like it's a, it's a, it was a totally different shift. I was kind of felt like I was fighting for a job where Right before my son was born, I was put uh, like went from salary to like halftime, and they're like, "You're at 20 hours. Your your benefits are going to run out right before your son is born." I'm like, "What's going on?" Mm. They ended up changing that right before he was born. So I, I don't know a lot of why that happened, but anyway, it got me into the mindset of I'm in a place where I don't want to be, and that was that was super hard. Found a journal, or my wife found a journal when we moved um, from Charlotte last summer and we were flipping through it and there was a prayer from probably I'd, I would say maybe over 10 years ago and it was essentially I was asking God that I wanted to do something creative I wanted to have a career of my own that was that was in something creative I figured that would be like illustration or logos or just something out of what I was doing and I prayed that for 10 years probably like it was it was a daily struggle. It was a daily prayer. It was a daily, um, was lifting it all the time. My wife was too. She would, she knew when I would come home and I was frustrated and not, hadn't done anything challenging or creative. And so fast forward, I began just like painting little, little paintings on the couch. Cause I was like, I'm done with, I'm done with, um, being on the computer all the time, all day long. Then I would do some logos at night and it just felt like I was just tapped out kind of on a computer. And so I'd always painted as, as, when I was a kid with my sister, art was just a big part of our family. And so I started doing these little paintings, threw them up on Twitter, did some cartoon kind of things of the different majors and put those on Twitter. And a guy uh, found them and was like, hey, listen, um, I want to do an interview with you. I'll put it on my website if you'll do a painting of St. Andrews for me. And I was like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Fine. You, you like it just kept, God just kept putting this this idea in my path. And I didn't even see that it was like, 
he was answering prayer the whole time. He was just like little little breadcrumbs, it felt like, you know. And I'm trying to think what oh, and there was at my church, we had our creative, we had a creative pastor, his name was Steve Whitby, amazing man. He saw, we had like a group of artists that would gather on like once a month. And I was always super afraid to go to the, this gathering. And uh, Danny, I told you before we even talked, when, when I saw you the, this week at the, at the Wells, I was like, you know, my story is a lot about fear. And it really was like, I was afraid to go to this group. I was afraid of, like, they had art degrees. They knew they knew how to mix the right paint to get the color they wanted. A lot of mine feels lucky sometimes, and I, I feel like I'm just trying and trying until I get it right. But but yeah, there was a lot of fear in uh, showing up, showing them what I was working on. But all of that was like just squashed. The first night I went, it was like, man, Dave, that's really cool what you're working on. Like, you know, what else you got, you know, that you're uh, thinking about? And anyway, Steve said, Dave, you're going to you know, paint on this wall during our, our Tenebrae service before Easter. And it was a lot of fear. And he's like, Dave, you're not, you can't say no, you're just going to do it. Anyway, all that to say when COVID came, God had set, a, he had set the table. Like it was time for me to leave that job. So when COVID came, it pretty much, I, I just saw the writing on the wall. Like this, this job's not going to last. It was already kind of going to, I was the last person from that office in a 6,000 square foot office. It was me. I had a, then our office next to me was a painting studio by then. We moved. Nice. We moved while I was there, so I had storage space, plenty of it. It was mine. Yeah. You're basically so. saying you had every corner office and 6,000 feet. Is that what you're trying to say? I, I did. I had a lot of window offices. I had a uh, I had a projector during uh, March Madness for the... Nice. Yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> but sad, too. I was the only person there, but they made me go to the office. That was good. I think, it, uh, I think we've used that phrase earlier of set the table. And one of the questions that struck me was, you know, Steve Withy pushed you and said, no, you're going to come and do this, be in here. Even that first step of you going to that, like that creative artist night, can you remember yeah, what yeah. it was like walking into the door? Like before you even walk yeah. in the door, your drive up, what's, what's the thought process <laughs> of, of trying to, you're, again, you're gripped by fear in this time. No, you nailed it. That's a great question because that's really where it, I feel like it, it might've started. I, that group was probably meeting for five years and I wanted to go to that to go hang out with them and just say, see what they were working on. And even when I wasn't even working on anything. So that tells me that, yeah, that God created something in me, right? At the right moment, it needed to, to start. And I, yeah, that was a really powerful kind of moment to say, all right, I'm showing up tonight. And all my fears were like ridiculous once I walked through the door, right? Like they were all super kind, super encouraging. The brain is the brain is really hard on, on ourselves, right? That's right. Yeah. The voices, the voices of uh, often that that negative voice is the one that we latch on to the most. The plasticity doesn't really kick in. It's all Velcro and that negative yeah. stuff just sits there. And I think anyone listening to this right now or watching can definitely understand the idea of fears that grip us. And we've sometimes, probably all the time, have to push through those to be able yeah. to get to where we really need to be, the place that God really has called us to be. And often yeah, we just yeah. don't because sometimes people are gripped so much that they're just paralyzed. And yeah. oh. it's cool that a Steve Withy pushes you or that at the end of the day, though, you're still responsible for your own steps. You've got to walk through that door. You've got to make that step. It's just like a step of faith, right? It's exactly where it's at. For sure. Yeah. And and God just kept putting those opportunities for me to step. It wasn't he didn't he didn't just like make me jump off this you know, this big chasm into nothing and that it was going to, no one was going to catch me. It was little steps. 
and he continues to do that. Like I, I still have a ton to learn about painting and business and just all of those things. But he continues to be kind and gentle and how I'm how he's leading. But he's brought amazing amazing people around me, which is, you know, kind of why we're here tonight, yeah. right? It seems like he probably knew it wasn't too much for you to handle, but it was enough for you to have to depend on him if you were going to keep taking the steps for it to become your thing, which is mm -hmm. kind of cool to see. Learned a lot and de depending on God that first, like just once that that job ended, even how how it ended got my boss at the end of that super kind of fight for me and that so that that job would end well and that whether the company wanted to end well he didn't care he fought for me to be able to you know have some like severance some some room for us to figure out what was next essentially because i kind of brought to them the idea that okay i can see my job is not going to be around and um he's like listen we're gonna it's, it's fine we're gonna we were going to fire you anyway, basically, <laughs> you know, it was, it was really like your job. I could, if I said, these conversations have to be happening. And so if, if they are, can you please tell me so we can do what's next? And he was super kind and gracious to, for that to end well. And he was, he was always fighting. He did not, he did not want me to have to leave. He was always fighting for new creative opportunities for me. And they just weren't happening kind of with the state of you know the world and engineering and kind of what all was going on there so so when i got let go it was yeah god had set the table and I, i've always kind of leaned on psalm 23 and i never brought it personal when when god says i set the table in in the midst of your enemies right like he really was setting a table in the middle of everything going on so mandy my wife and i were able to say all right let's give it a try you know, all these opportunities had built up. I had enough, what I saw was enough backlog to say, okay, we have worked for, you know, several months and some commissions and things had built to the point where, again, I didn't feel like I was, I was taking this big step in my career. It was like, all right, this is just the next step. And finally that, that kind of weight of fear. And I mean, there was a lot of fear in, in taking that step, but kind of the the fear of painting and calling myself an artist. That was, that was a big, uh, even for Danny to introduce me and say, you know, people know you as an artist, like yeah. to say I was an artist was a really strange thing at that time. Mm. And still a little, little odd, but that step was made easier because God had kind of set that, that whole scene, whether I saw it happening or not. But I was going to say that that gives us a good segue. And I know it's not everything that you've done because you've done a multitude of things and, I know you well enough to know you're you're too humble to to do this. So my hope is that by prompting you, you'll you'll drop in a few mic drops on us. But in terms of your work and the transition, the constant thread is being able to to paint golf scenes um, yeah, or golf yeah. memories for certain people. So why did that become both a, a personal passion and obviously became a greater opportunity based on people knowing that you had the ability to do that? And and how did you get introduced to the game and, and how does that now play out in, in your your art i love it i love that question because it, it's like i think god god also is a god of surprises like i didn't i didn't look at golf and say i'm gonna jump into this space and just start painting golf courses it was like when i started painting these little small paintings on my couch just little watercolors because they were easy to clean up and you know my kids were just after a hard day you don't want to i didn't have a dedicated space for painting so it was, it was like, how do I, how do I just start something simple? And in that, 
I, it was I'm going to paint the things that 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 I enjoy. So for me, golf was um, just something that I, I enjoyed watching, and I played a little bit, but was not good. Didn't ever really have the. I didn't grow up playing. I kind of hacked it around with some buddies, and uh, one of my high school friends was uh, he was on the, the high school golf team. We'd go down to the end of the street where the park was, and he would he would you know, hit these great looking wedge shots and I'd be just sculling them. He'd be trying to help me, but you know, it was a fruitless, fruitless effort. But, uh, so golf's always kind of been there, but I feel like at the right time, again, it was like golf and art kind of found me at the same time. I'd paint some fly fishing stuff. I'd paint mountain mountains and kind of marsh scenes and just places that I liked and, um, elements of, of kind of my, my life that I enjoy, you know, that I, that kind of stick out, um, it's amazing landscapes that you, you know, you can have people in them or not. So, um, it kind of all, it, it just fit. And I think I didn't go looking for it. It was like, well, that's, that's part of what I like. So we'll do that. And, but yeah, it was kind of just a, just a, a whim of painting things that I liked. And then, and then that the ball just started rolling and people, you know, would see one thing and, and, and an, an, an ex person would say, Oh, could you do this project? And then someone would see that project. And yeah. And then like for my personal like involvement in golf has been amazing. Like, like I, I just have fallen in love with the game. Right. Like, and, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't, it was a complete surprise really. Like I remember going to, um, Zach Blair's his first his first ringer. He invited me to come up, and he was one of those um, one of those guys who was just super creative, super kind, and was like, "Hey, we're having this this get together at Sweden's Cove. Would you want to come and just bring some paintings?" Like that was that was it. There was nothing else other than you want to show up and just bring some paintings. That'd be really cool. And I show up, and um, you know he's in a long sleeve t shirt and Nike boots and you know, he's, I, I guess he was on tour at that time already. And it was just, the scene was like nothing I'd seen before. Um, Jay, Jay Rebel is, is a, a golf writer. He's, he's become a good friend and um, he was there and just, he said, come on, come walk, walk with us. And, and uh, I left my clubs in the car. Like I was not, I talk about fear. I was not mm-hmm. going to play golf in front of these guys who I knew were, had to be really good golfers that they were. They were hanging out there, but they could have cared less what my swing looked like. They could have cared less. The ball got in the air, or, you know, whatever. It was, let's go for a walk. And you can use our clubs. They were doing some, like a three club challenge. And so it was goofy anyway. It was just super laid back. And yeah, it's a kind of an all-time introduction to my love of golf. And I think Sweetens has been been that for a lot of people, I think. Um, so super thankful for that place and the people behind it. Yeah. A lot of inspiration there to paint too. So got to get back over there. So with your golf background, then in terms of where you first, like you said, how you even started hitting at the end of the street with a buddy in high school or even how it moves on, you're at Sweetens walking to all the places you've been now. How did that round you into restoration club? Yeah, I think, um, I think I saw, I think I saw at Sweetens and I saw, um, kind of as as my my time in golf kind of extended it was like i saw it was community and it was it was like just a, a walk it was a way to spend you know several hours and 
at, you know, at Sweden's, it was a two day thing. So it was, you know, you got to spend a lot of time with these guys sitting around and having lunch and dinner and just, just hanging out. And it was, I just saw community and, uh, you know, a lot of those guys are still good friends and I you know, catch up with them when I can. And, um, actually went to, um, I went down to the park in, in Palm Beach to do, to do a project. And I reached out to one of the guys on one of the ringers and he, he lives down in Miami and he was so excited to just catch up. We, we got to play that course together and yeah, he's, yeah, that was super, super fun to, to reconnect. But yeah, I, I think that all that just, I just saw community growing and, and it was a welcoming community for me um, where I kind of felt, I, I felt on the outside a little bit because I just didn't, I didn't grow up playing, but then I realized a lot of guys didn't grow up playing and you can see it, you know, you can see it. A guy who grew up, he grew up playing like Danny swing is like, it's just sweetness, right? Like three straight episodes of mentioning <laughs> Danny swing. We all know it. We, all... <laughs> yeah, we got to stop that quick or, yeah. I'll, or else I got to get out there a lot more. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I'm sorry, Danny, but it's true. Like it's, it is, it's, it's different when you grow up playing the game and, and I love, I love that conversation about why, how did you grow up playing the game? It just wasn't part of my family growing up. So I think my dad and I played maybe one round together just cause he never played and we went and played a part three together cause it was super fun. And, but yeah, so when I'm trying to even remember how I got brought into the conversation about restoration, Danny, I'm sure you're like, Hey, Jeff and I have this idea. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be awesome. You should. You should. You want to talk about it? <laughs> I was just trying to think if it was as as formal as you just said, but I think you're exactly right. I think it was probably. Hey, I've started talking about this with Jeff. I know you guys are both very creative guys, and you know all the passion points kind of aligned, and and felt like you needed to be a guy at least from from step one to hear about it and at least get your insight and see if we could rope you in a little bit more uh, to to jump in for the ride. Yeah, I, I, I know. Um, I mean, we had ha already had a lot of conversations around faith and, and golf. And so, you know, those that was not a hard ask for me. So yeah, it was a, I was just, as soon as I heard it, I was super excited about um, what it could be. And, you know, after after a year of events, you know, like the bound the um, Builders Cup, and, and then just seeing community grow kind of organically i think um you know there's a there's a lot to do and a lot that's ahead of us which is super exciting but um yeah i was from those initial conversations i mean i think we talked on i, I don't know our our uh zoom meetings would end after an hour so we'd have to reset we did that probably five times one night and <laughs> uh so those were some good some good uh good conversations and it was it was for sure another way of seeing God lead kind of taking step, you know, small steps at a time. So to see a podcast come up and yeah, it's just another step and to see what God's doing. So it's always, yeah, it's super exciting to be a part of and just to hear, just, to, just to have the intentionality uh, in a round of golf and or to have conversations that go, that go deeper and more meaningful and, and then that carries it off the course too, yeah. right? So you nailed it when you when you said the two words of relationship and intentionality. That's the truth of what drew me in to Restoration Club was the idea of having a real community to be involved in. And uh, as a short plug, if anybody <laughs> wants to know more about the actual uh, group itself, you can go to RestorationClub.co. 
but it's such a it was such an amazing thing Dave, that I, I'm in the same boat where I didn't grow up in golf. I didn't really know much about it. I, just, I thought it was cool. I watched it, um, worked at a golf course like in college just because I thought it was so cool and had this old <laughs> nasty leather like snakeskin bag with some Wilson blades in it. So, of course, I can't golf because no one could golf with that. And But I, I really thought it was something about the connection piece to it. So it was so powerful. But the more I kept being around better people, the more connection that happened, the more I would really enjoy those walks, like you said, of just you spend four hours with someone, you really get to kind of know each other in a good way if it's intentional. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what, what's great about what's being built here. These conversations on this podcast or the events that we do are all built around the idea that, that life can be transformed through the power of Jesus through relationships. This is a, Amen. that's what restoration is. That's what hope is. All those things are there. So it's really awesome to hear even your Genesis story from, art into RC into even whatever's whatever's next for you in this. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah. honored to hear that story. Yeah. That's yeah. It's really neat to how to, to, yeah, just to kind of hear how you say that. That's really well put. I love it. Love it. And don't minimize it, Dave. I, I can't even remember at this point how many, uh, whether it was names or logos or, you know, what, what we felt like the look and feel was going to be. <laughs> Uh, I may have even, you know, drafted a, a very terrible sketch of what I thought it should be in order for you to, to bring it to life and, uh, you know, evolve we into did, what it is now. Yeah, we did go through a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of names and a lot of possible logos. And there were some that I was excited about. And then we, we, we I, I remember you found one and it was like, yeah, that, that one's already that logo pretty much is already out there. <laughs> hey, can but, you guys give me some cutting room floor names possibly that didn't make the cut? I got to know. <laughs> I have to go back into the deep cuts yeah. on that yeah. one. I can't yeah. remember yeah, this. Sorry. Tune back yeah. in episode four. You guys, will, you guys will hear what's going on. That's really good. Uh, now, yeah, we'll honestly, that. Dave, I'm, I'm out at the Wells this weekend and Sunday and I'm wearing my RC polo and it was cool because I had a bunch of people stop me and ask me what that was. And oh, really? they loved the logo. That was great with the hatchet in there and uh, with, uh, you know, with the golf club. They just thought it was a really cool thing. So I got a chance to really share some of the mission and vision of what we're doing. And it was just all because of the logo. So kudos to you guys yes. for creating something that's conversational, but also aesthetically pleasing. I mean, all the swag I have, I'm really proud of, whether it's a basic T-shirt or a polo or a hat. It's all really cool stuff. So We put Dave to work too early. I think we put a lot of pressure on him, making sure we had the right stuff for, for the Builder's Cup. But what he put together design-wise, I think, created arguably my favorite hoodie that I that I owned at this point. So uh, That's a good one. That's a good one. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll keep him on the payroll. <laughs> payroll? What? <laughs> We're at it. Um, We're at it. We're no, I've really, like... I loved creating that logo because, yeah, there's so many elements of it that tell our story. And, you know, those pieces are, you know, some of those are not being told yet. I'm excited to to have those be told as time goes on, right? Like, yeah, I just, I remember some of our conversations being around, um, like, regrowth and restoration and, and the hatchet just being, like, the symbol of, you know, there were there were conversations around God doing work to just cut us down and then new growth comes from that right like so that hatchet is actually a really powerful part of our story even though I don't feel like that's been told just yet right like there's there's some of those elements that I think just the idea of restoration we're still we're still experiencing ourselves and so we're you know we want we're going to see that in each other and some of that some of that is hard work like 
and God does a lot of that work. So like even overcoming that, that fear, like, and leaving that, that job and starting a new career, it was, God was doing work and it was, it was, uh, some of it was really hard and some of it's still hard. Like, I mean, you know, just telling you tonight, just stuff we're dealing with as far as like, you know, just running a business now that I, you know, I've got a lot to learn and, and God's putting people in my path that are going to, that are going to help me or helping me kind of make wise decisions. And I see his, I see his hand in that too. So yeah, it's really Dave, I'll, I'll, I'll ask because it's a question I have because it's, you've kind of brought it up again. You've mentioned that fear thing again. A lot of people listening. What, what would you tell someone who's sitting in fear now of a step they wanted to take or they've always thought about, or maybe it's even in the back going, I don't think I can do anything or I can't do anything. What would you tell them? Well, that's, that's hard. Cause I mean, obviously it's going to be different for each person and every person's journey is going to be different, but I would just say that that God hears your prayers. Like for me to look at a journal that I don't even journal, like I, that was probably the third page in a journal and the rest is empty. And I have another journal that's three pages in and the rest is empty. Like, yeah. but the fact that I, I found it and, and I can see that God heard my prayer. Like he heard my heart. He knows my heart. He's, he is personal and he's pursuing and he's just, he's there. But the strength that I get from that, I would hope that others would say, okay, he hears me and my timing may look really different than his timing. Um, you know, so 10 years later, I'm doing something that I didn't even see on the, on the table, like, um, but God knew, and he took me those steps to, um, to step out of that fear. Yeah. Each person's story is different. So it's not like just go for it. You know, it's, it's like, just give it up and then start watching where God kind of starts moving and he's moving those breadcrumbs, right? Like crazy sounds like the best advice that you could possibly give because <laughs> it, well. it hits everybody exactly where they are i mean it's a, it's a great point everybody's journey is different but the the common denominator of releasing control and letting god because that's again you're just gonna have to take that step sooner or later um, the journey mm -hmm. of a thousand miles starts with the first step and yeah. um, i'm glad you took that first step to that door that's pretty awesome um Me i appreciate too. it i love that you that you grabbed onto that moment of, of that being a step i kind of kind of look over that sometimes because it, it wasn't me even moving a paintbrush. It wasn't like, you know, it was just stepping into a community, right? Like, so, I mean, there may be people who are like, what's Restoration Club? Maybe it's just taking step into a community and the community's there. And it was, that community was way more welcoming than I could have imagined. Um, and, you know, I've heard you talk, uh, Ryan, about just when you walked into that old church at the Builders Cup and just that it being just a welcoming environment. And I hope, I hope that's what we're known for is people saying, man, they just, they just said, come on and let's go play golf and let's talk about Jesus. And it's no, no other thoughts on the table than just let's do life. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it. Let's talk together. It's good. That's awesome. Makes me think about Dave this past week that we need to be reminded of the expectation that, that people are waiting to see God move through this in all different types of ways using the game. Uh, Dave and I actually had an opportunity to, to revisit uh, a guy that has been involved since day one that, that actually shot photos uh, at the, the Builders Cup 
um, Zach of, of Chasing Foul. We, we caught up with him at the Wells Fargo out at Quail Hollow this past week, and he told us that he and uh, another guy in Pinehurst that have been involved with Restoration Club are hosting their own meetup in a couple weeks. So, you know, I was super excited. Like, I was so exciting to hear. We were unaware of it, but they're, you know, taking taking the the mission and doing it themselves. And I think that's all we can really hope for is that guys um, kind of align on what this is supposed to be and and feel empowered to to do that in their own local communities, which is amazing. Guys, yeah, no, I think that's I think no, I think that's super exciting to see that you know for for something like that to to happen organically. I mean, if we were to hold on to anything so tight, you know that this is ours this is what we want it to be then it's not going to go anywhere so again you have to give it up and god god is moving and i think he's building that community and those those meetups are going to start happening all over the place it's the the small fires that keep the big one going right it's it's kind of where it's at so it's really cool to to see how the meetups in Pinehurst or the meetups that are happening in Tennessee or the meetups that are going to be happening in Charlotte or whatever. In fact, I might make my way to Pinehurst to hang out with those guys with chasing foul on the guys. Um, but I'm tempted to make the drive. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's <laughs> such a great opportunity to, it, it really is easy. You just have to make time and you have to take the opportunity to be with people and want to cultivate relationship and who would not want to just be in a carefree, loving environment. I yeah. mean, it's such a, it's such an opportunity and plus to, and to do something that's fun and you enjoy and those types of things. So all the golfers out there, this is the thing, man, this is something to really, to really latch into. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also a, a place for, for hard conversations, right? Like it's men need places to talk about the stuff in their lives that is hard. And I think golf is a great avenue to do that. There's, there's time in it. There's, there's challenges and there's moments to just stop and, you might be waiting on a hole, but it's a good time to, you know, to dig into a, ask a question that you've been been wondering about. Or I just think it's I think it's just such a good. I mean, I love the I love the game for that. I love you know just the way it builds, and I love it's there for a long time, right? It's the game of a lifetime. And I, I know when I started painting, it was like my idea was finally if I'm going to start this, I'm going to start it. I'm finally going to start it, and I'll when I'm 80. Maybe I'll I'll still be painting and hopefully I'll be better than I am now. And golf's the same way. It's just like, all right, fine. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna try and play this game and have fun with it. And maybe when I'm 80, I'm still playing and hopefully I'm better than I am now. So <laughs> hopefully I'll hit it straighter. We'll see. That happens. We'll see. I have played with a couple of 80. I played with uh, a couple of guys that are 83 at, at Sifford mm-hmm. one day, and they were crew. They were on their second lap of nine holes and they were, uh, they were cruising. I could, they were humming. They were mad at the people in front of us. Of course, of course they were. Got places to be, life to live. I played last year with a guy that was 65 years old that decided to make his way to North Carolina from Canada and shot the smoothest 72 par round I've ever seen. It was infuriating. I'll I'll just say that. But we still got time. We got some time still. There's hope for us, Danny. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Danny, but guys, want, they can me, shoot an easy 72. Yeah, those that's are the good people, and even Canadians <laughs> at that, so it's all really good. That's good. Danny, yeah. let me let me no look past you. Uh, everybody's favorite question. If you want to th- throw that one up there and hit it to Dave. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Dave, you may already know at this point, you know, this is a, a question we want to ask every guest just because I think it's going to 
uh, peel back so many different responses. And I'd be lying if I wasn't anticipating yours, just because I think you've had more moments than than most. But what is your favorite moment on a golf course not involving a golf club? Yeah, I, I uh, was thinking about this one, and I loved you know Jordan's response last week, and I just I love um, that we can love that game without it. Yeah, like the question hits at it's the game, but it's outside of the game, right? And so um, for me, I'm so grateful for where the places I've been able to go that like just again, just surprise after surprise. So this story happened at Bandon, and which is that place is amazing. If you haven't been, obviously, actually, my buddy Jay Rebels was there last week, and it was fun to see his his pictures. He's he's a guy that needs to be there. Like I can't wait to hear the words that he's going to write about it. So that'll be really cool. But yeah, so I I was out there with some other with some photographers. Ryan Barnett was one of them, and and we're playing. We played all the courses and. The uh, Band and Dunes was our was our last course, and I was I kept telling about um, hole fifteen like you, you just, just wait till you get to it it's going to be amazing, um, and they had no they, it's like did you not do any research before you came out here like I when I get when I know I'm going somewhere it's like all right I'm going to fly through it I'm going to see what you know so I'm standing out on the tee, and I had I had been out there sketching all, all the whole trip which was another just kind of really special part of being a part of golf, but not swinging a club. Like I got to, I got to walk and sketch. And so I, I painted this quick scene of, of Bandon and gosh, my mind is blanking. Is it 16 or 15? It's 16 in it. Hang on. Lee's like, hold on. I got it right here. <laughs> I've got it painted up right here. <laughs> yeah. Show, showcase. The yeah, it's also, it's 16. It's 16. It was 16. No. <laughs> <laughs> um 16 i don't know why i said 15 but anyway so we're on the whole 16 i do a quick painting and after the round we go meet uh we're just having dinner outside on the patio watching the sun go down which is ridiculous and these two couples were sitting beside us and we just started chatting and met them and just like they had been there for a day it was like their their last day so i get um so i have all my little it's, it was just a little like four by five painting and then I see them in the airport and then I see them on our airplane, like as we were leaving. And I was like, you know, you just, I don't know. I, I just got this thought of like, how cool would it be to give them one of the sketches or each of the guys a sketch that I'd done. Like I didn't have any plans for them um, other than I, I didn't know what else to do with them. So, so I tracked them down in the airport after we got off the plane and I, I gave them each painting and and it had my contact on the back and he sent me an email the next day and he was like dave uh i cannot thank you enough for that painting every time i go on a golf trip that i think my dad would have liked his dad had passed like five years before he leaves a golf ball uh on the course somewhere he had left a golf ball at the 16th tee abandoned and that was a painting i'd given him and it was just this connection of like this is not this is outside of it was just this happening that I, I feel like God was in the middle of and saying, Dave, this is your, this is where I, I, I called you. Your work before had very little purpose. Your work now has purpose. And that was just such a big encouragement in my walk. So it was like, like that was just, that was ridiculous. And so, um, yeah, I would have to say that that may be a longer story than you wanted, but it was, uh, it was a super powerful moment in the game of golf, in community, in 
being able to use what God's put in front of me. So, and I think, I think that's another hit is like, is our work can have purpose. And I think for a long time it didn't. And uh, we talked a lot about as, as we were forming restoration, just the idea that, that our life has purpose and that God is personal and that purpose is different for each of us. And it's helping other men find that purpose and building each other up, which is super humbled and excited to be a part of what what's going on. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I constantly think if, if we're just using golf to get guys together to play the game, then I think we're missing it. I think if we're always thinking about yeah. creating yeah. those conversations or creating a safe space to, to do life together, and as you said, talk about hard things, then, then there's going to be a greater purpose there. Yeah. And Dave, yeah. whether you know this or not, here's another affirmation from the Lord, right? That you change that man's life. You you will be a mark on his life forever. Uh, that yeah. that mo- you pick 16, 16 is great, right? But he left the ball on 16. It has a symbolism for his father. Like that's going to be a story he tells. That's going to be a legacy left. That's so powerful. Yeah. I just think it's what it's amazing. Yeah. Like it's, and it, I'm saw him at the airport on your plane, all this stuff that's going like, it's such a, I'm getting those little bumps up. I'm like, man, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Oh, I was too. It was just like after he sent me that note, but even, even in the airport, I was like, ah, you know what? This is just, ridiculous they're like i'm like the last one off the plane you know and but it just happened like there they were they were standing there yeah chatting yeah. i appreciate you saying that i think i think that's where you get you get humbled by that you would be used in a way like that yeah. and i think god wants to use each of us in different ways in different people's lives so yeah, we, yeah. Just, we have to be alert and aware and we have to take action when we feel that prompting so i'm glad you did yeah that's cool yeah dave i just gotta ask this before we let you go I don't know if you view this as if you were picking your favorite kid or not, but do you have a piece that you feel like is your favorite that you've done? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It is like picking your favorite kid. I mean, I, I don't know. The the painting I did of, of Band in 16, once I, I did a bigger painting of that one for a buddy in uh, in Virginia, he has it in his in his dining room and every, every once in a while he'll shoot me a picture of it and uh, just say, Dave, this is my, this is my breakfast view this morning. And just, just to, you know, just to have somebody love your work that much that they want to share it with others. And it's ridiculous that I get to do what I'm doing. And so I'm just super thankful, but yeah, that, yeah, it's a, I would say probably that piece. You'll be happy to hear that too. That's awesome. I'm going to go ahead and speak it into existence. Now, Ryan and I will have a, uh, based in commission painting in our dining room at some point too. I'm just, I'm just living off my prints right now. I'll, I'll be getting a commission piece. It's going to happen. We got to work on your background. You got uh, you got the bobbleheads back there. So yeah, we we'll gotta, do some. We we'll get some stuff going. Yeah, we got, <laughs> trust me. You'll be we'll be in contact, Dave. There go. Sounds good. I know where to find you. That's right. But Dave, we just want to say thank you for your time. Uh, most importantly, for your heart in this this work, this group. Uh, we mentioned earlier that we're we're this um, community that people can belong to. And I'm so proud that you're a founding member of that, that you're a founder, I should say, of that. And that if it wasn't for you listening and agreeing with Danny to even come in and be a part of anything, then maybe we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. So thankful for who you are, for what you do, and for all the ways that you're making an impact through the work that you're doing. So just want to say thanks for being here. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks. Thanks for those kind words. Appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. So thanks for making it happen. All right, everybody. Well, that was episode three of the Restoration Club podcast. Dave Baisden, amazing guy, humble guy. Love having him on to tell his story. 
Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, you can always find us at restorationclub.co. Make sure you check us out at restoration underscore club on Instagram. Join the Discord. We'll drop all the links in the description. Definitely follow Dave too. Uh, if you've not seen his artwork, shame on you. Uh, just kidding. You guys got to check him out too. So we'll definitely be dropping his channels in there as well. Uh, but we're excited to keep bringing these to you guys. Stay tuned. And until next time, keep swinging. Keep swinging.